HealthNet has made health equity a priority for the last two decades. And so we have structures and processes that support this, such as the collection and analysis of race, ethnicity, language, and other key equity indicators on an opt-in basis. Also things like sexual orientation and gender identity data, and also ongoing cultural competency and implicit bias trainings, both for our providers and our internal staff and leaders, which allows us to really meet people where they're at in a culturally congruent way. We really ensure that we have a diverse network of providers so that they can meet the unique cultural, linguistic, clinical, and social needs of our communities. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Welcome back, everybody, to This is Rural Health, the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association. My name is Scott Hertzberg, and I'm the president of the CSRHA. And with me today, we have Jenna from our CSRHA board, as well as our guest, Dr. Mithil from HealthNet. Jenna, Dr. Mithil, nice to have you on our episode today. Great to be here. Thanks, Scott. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the work that HealthNet is doing, uh, particularly with CalAIM. And Dr. Mithil, like, can you give us a little bit of information about yourself? I see you know, that you're health equity, that is your area of expertise, but can you talk to us a little bit about your role at HealthNet and about HealthNet itself for people who may not be familiar? Thanks so much. It's great to meet you. I'm, I'm Dr. Pooja Mithil. I'm a family doctor by background, and at HealthNet, I serve as the chief health equity officer, which means I lead the company in developing, implementing facilitating and embedding health equity strategic initiatives into every aspect of what we do, our programs, our services, our actions, and our outcomes. And HealthNet is a Medicaid-managed care organization that was founded more than 40 years ago in California, is one of our state's longest-serving and most experienced Medi-Cal partners. And we have decades of experience caring for California's most vulnerable residents and have worked hand in hand with the state for a long time to build Medi-Cal and serve those who depend on its healthcare safety net. Two thirds of our members are Medi-Cal enrollees, so low-income adults, seniors, pregnant women, children, foster children, undocumented Californians, and persons with disabilities who really rely on us And we are really proud to serve them as they are our foundation and our core focus. We also bring really diverse and specialized understanding of the needs of the people that we serve and also experience in managing the complexities of coordinating care across large public programs, which is why we're really excited to talk about Calium today. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, working in rural health, we definitely have a lot of folks in rural California who benefit from Medi-Cal. And uh, I just really appreciate the work that, that you all are doing and that other folks who work with Medi-Cal to kind of better empower our Medi-Cal recipients so that they can get the best care that they need. 
we are really excited to see also all of the work that the state is doing. And just to call out, because I think it's particularly relevant for rural health, is the support that we are really excited about around Governor Newsom's new master plan for kids' mental health and really coming in Mm -hmm. into these areas that have limited mental health access and supporting kids in schools where where they need the care. And so as part of that, we've worked with Hazel Health, which is a national leader in school-based telehealth to really expand access to behavioral health in schools and, and is a great way, especially in rural communities, for us to sort of bring that, bring that focus in. Yeah, I know my daughter just started middle school this year, and it was the first time that I've seen this, and it certainly wasn't around when I was in middle school. But now, you know, once a week, they have this like half hour long session where all the kids just get to like reconnect and talk with their teacher about anything that's, you know, going on in their lives and bothering them this week. And it's, it's an actual carved out class. So I really appreciate that, you know, California is taking mental health a little more seriously. I work in mental health. And so it's, it's kind of refreshing to see that. Absolutely. With Cal AIM. So, you know, I know that I, since I don't work directly in uh, as a healthcare provider and not in in the uh, kind of insurance space. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the CalAIM program so the folks who you know, may not understand it or may not be familiar with it can get a better idea? Sure. So in, in giving some background, you know, Cal- California is pretty innovative in the way that they approach Medi-Cal, Medicaid. And we have been partnering with them for a long time at HealthNet to really transform that delivery system from the inside and out. And in doing so, we've invested millions of dollars in infrastructure innovations to really drive the transformation so that Medi-Cal patients really receive care and have a great experience in a way that meets their needs in that moment. And now the state is really working to implement CalAIM across the state, and we're really excited about it. You know, we're, we're excited that DHCS has taken this on. There are several phases of this program. Phase one of California Advancing and Innovating Medi-Cal, or CalAIM, launched in January of this year. And this is a long, long-term commitment by the Department of Healthcare Services, DHCS, to transform and strengthen Medi-Cal by really going upstream to address health more holistically. And in fact, DHCS will say that this is the most upstream that any Medicaid organization in the country has ever gone. And this approach really aims to offer Californians a more equitable, coordinated, and person-centered approach to maximizing their health and life trajectory. And so as we look at the future of Medi-Cal under CalAIM, we're, we're super excited to partner with the state to transform care at the local level, which is one of the key features of what CalAIM is providing, where we are able to bring our experience, our local relationships, also national best practices and innovations to help transform the care delivery and enhance the state safety net. And so we were actually one of the key at HealthNet, we were one of the key stakeholder partners to DHCS to inform the program design. And we've really added a lot of permanent folks to our team to really implement these operational pieces because it is a really unique opportunity for us to closely collaborate with community-based organizations, CBOs, and county agencies to drive big programmatic changes that impact the communities and the counties that we live in and we serve. One other thing that I'll add is 
it's a really large project, has a variety of components that impact not only plans, but county agencies and providers differently. And it takes a lot of close collaboration for us to implement this. And a really unique aspect of CalAIM is that it gives the plans and the communities it serves an opportunity to partner and actually formally contract with providers from the community who are, we know the people who are the experts, right, who are doing this person-centered work today outside of our managed care system. Thank you for for touching on that. Uh, and one thing that you, you touched on that really resonated with me and, and my personal experience is that whole person care, that holistic approach, which is extremely important as, you know, as a person of color, someone who was a Medi-Cal patient for many years, uh, and also, you know, having to be that translator sometimes, it, uh, and now my, my you know, having built a career in healthcare advocacy, I've seen both sides of of the picture and Cal AIM is definitely uh, something that, that I've looked, I'm looking forward to, to seeing implemented. I, I, well, I first like to talk a little bit about community supports a bit more. The new Medi-Cal services within Cal AIM that help ad- address social drivers, which have not historically been covered by the Medi-Cal program. Can you share with our listeners a bit more about what these services are? Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm super excited about this for all of the reasons that you said, right? Uh, our patients, our members need so much more than what traditional healthcare can offer. And so Calium really allows us to meet them where they're at and meet their needs in a more holistic way. California's diversity is really reflected and, and magnified in its Medi-Cal population. And we know that Medi-Cal enrollees often experience health disparities at a higher rate because of these social drivers of health. And some of those are socioeconomic status, health literacy, lack of uh, safe and affordable housing, food insecurity, and implicit bias. And especially true in areas where people struggle with access to medical care due to lack of transportation, which is often the case for our members in our rural areas. To advance health equity, as you pointed out, it's really critical for us to address these social drivers, especially for the state's most vulnerable residents. And so one of the main tools within CalAIM to achieve this are community support services. These are new services provided by Medi-Cal managed care plans that are considered cost-effective alternatives to traditional medical services or settings. And DHCS strategically designed these initiatives to address social drivers, which again, haven't historically been covered by plans. And some examples of these are housing supports. So for example, housing deposits, which can be used to keep somebody in housing if they can't afford to pay a particular bill. Um, Medically tailored meals. So if people, uh, you know, if somebody with diabetes goes into the hospital and they come out and are at risk of going back into the hospital again, we can provide medically tailored meals to help them keep healthy and continue on their healthy journey after recovering. And then also asthma remediation, which I think is really important, especially in the Central Valley, right, where there are really high rates of asthma. So plans can now pay for somebody to come into the home and address the mold that's growing there and really take care of the trigger that's causing the asthma instead of just prescribing medication. And we, we at HealthNet have now implemented CalAIM's 14 community support services in all of the 31 counties we serve across the state. So this includes more than 143,000 
Medi-Cal beneficiaries and more than a dozen rural counties that we serve. And during this process, we really have leveraged our statewide footprint and relied on our long-term relationships with trusted providers to help with that transition. So is there anything that these community services or community supports are doing that particularly benefits rural? Because, you know, like, like the asthma that you mentioned, I know that that is a major issue in certain areas. And, you know, we're, we're all about making sure that your zip code doesn't determine your quality or length of life. You know, I'm glad that you guys are expanding into so many counties in rural. So, you know, I'm curious for the, for those of us who are working in rural, what should we be looking out for from HealthNet on these community supports? Yeah, and, and we're still early in the process. And so a lot of the a lot of the outcomes that we're seeing are right now very anecdotal, like one-on-one what we're hearing back from the organizations that we're working with. And not to discount that, you know, the, the qualitative feedback and those stories are really important as we build the data that we're getting around the out- outcomes of the programs. But in rural counties, we're, we're particularly seeing a positive impact on patients who need help with coordinating transportation so they can rely- ride reliably and safely to their healthcare visits. And this includes support getting COVID vaccinations and care around that, and for all medical, dental, substance use, pharmacy, and hospital discharges. And in our long-term work, as we've looked at local health trends over time, asthma is the one that really comes to the top, especially as we think about rural counties. And so as part of community supports, asthma remediation services have been really crucial for our Medi-Cal patients who live in the Valley, which, as you know, is one of the most polluted air basins in the nation, right? Surrounded by agriculture, warehouse distribution, massive dairies, two very busy interstate highways, Providers can now put air purifiers in an asthmatic person's home to help give them clean air, amongst other things like fixing air conditioners with good filters that will ensure that there's no triggers in the home for the patient's asthma. Oh, yeah. You, so you nailed it when you said non-traditional, non-supported things, because I used to work in home oxygen, home respiratory care, and absolutely, those are things that are not generally going to be covered, right, but can have a huge impact on somebody's day-to-day yeah, absolutely. And you're and you're preventing the problem. Yeah, you're preventing the problem instead of treating it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Dr. Mithil, are there any recent stories or examples that you can give of how the process has gone so far in the different communities that you've been in? Yeah, I would say, you know, it has been very complicated to launch this program because it requires a whole new set of contracted relationships. And a lot of those folks are not used to working with managed care plans. And so I think we are in a really good place at HealthNet to launch community supports and do this work because we have a lot of experience managing complexities of coordinating care across large public programs. And we, we do that so that our members don't have to. And we've relied on that expertise to develop our Calium implementation model, which is really built on four foundational pillars. One is a focus on health equity. HealthNet has made health equity a priority for the last two decades. And so we have structures and processes that support this, such as the collection and analysis of race, ethnicity, language, and other key equity indicators on an opt-in basis. Also things like sexual orientation and gender identity data. 
and also ongoing cultural competency and implicit bias trainings, both for our providers and our internal staff and leaders, which allows us to really meet people where they're at in a culturally congruent way. We really ensure that we have a diverse network of providers so that they can meet the unique cultural, linguistic, clinical, and social needs of our communities. Our second pillar is really our unique history of local engagement. And as one of the state's longest serving Medi-Cal partners, we know that healthcare starts at the community level and is always best delivered locally. And so our regional teams work closely with local organizations to build a robust network for CalAIM and a responsive provider network. And that includes partnering with local organizations and also integrating non-traditional Medi-Cal providers into the state's healthcare safety net, like uh, community health workers, for example, and promotores, whom we've had on on our staff for a long time. We also include, as one of the foundational pillars, local investment and partnerships. So we've invested more than $100 million into over 500 community-based organizations. And these investments have allowed for these organizations to pilot and advance promising ideas, which for us has been a really strong foundation for providing community supports and sustaining critical resources because we've been sort of practicing doing Calium for a long time. And then you know, I think our, our last pillar, which is probably the, the most important, which is our belief in local and trusted input. So we always strive to proactively engage with local organizations that are trusted within their communities to provide culturally targeted care for our members. And so a lot of the work that we've done that we've seen that's been most impactful around community supports is because of this network that we've built over time. Yeah, I know from working with rural folks that, uh, and, and Jen and I have talked about this before, that you really can't come in from the outside and impose something. It has to be, uh, there has to be buy-in. It has to be kind of grown from within. So I really appreciate the approach that you're taking by engaging local leaders and, you know, investment. Again, it's is a huge way. Let let folks pilot a program, see if it's working, and then they'll be more interested in continuing with that program instead of, you know, again, someone coming in from the outside and saying, we're implementing this new program on you. So that's that seems to be like something that's working. Um, can you give us an idea of you know, kind of some of what you have learned over the last, it's now eight months that this has been going, you know, and, and kind of what you want to take from that and shift your approach going forward? Yeah, I mean, we we do have to acknowledge this. this is so complicated, right? CBOs are new to managed care. They're new to Medi-Cal. They're new to CalAIM, and these are really complicated things. And so, what you know, one of the key lessons we've learned is that CBOs need our ongoing intensive support as they create new operational procedures, right, to be in compliance with state like regulations. But in terms of the lessons we've learned, I say, you know, at eight months, at the eight month mark of Calium implementation, we have really gathered a lot of insights from the initial implementation to help think about what we need to do going forward. And the insights that I'll talk about are really focused on the community supports benefit. And I'll go into a little bit more detail on each of these, but, and, and how we think about these overarching recommendations as we move into phase two. So our first is extensive collaboration with plan partners and providers is paramount to to making this a success. Our second is there is a foundational need for operational support and funding for local providers because it's a big lift to get them up and running for this work. 
And then the third is the essential role of timely and complete data sharing. And, and the data sharing piece is critical. So in terms of the collaboration with plan partners and providers, you know, at the direction of DHCS, HealthNet and our plan partners collaborated in a, in a really unprecedented manner to minimize administrative burdens on providers, counties, and others. And we extended this model of collaboration and support to our relationships with our locally embedded providers, all of which aligns with the vision for what DHCS is aiming for with CalAIM. We've made it a priority to work closely with other plan partners and local providers who are trusted partners within the community and have really leaned into the deep knowledge of the needs of the communities through those local providers. And this collaboration is really important because that county-specific knowledge is really critical to ensuring that we're developing and delivering culturally responsive care to, to reduce disparities, right, which is what we're getting at. And so as an example when we build our community supports program, we worked collaboratively with other Medi-Cal managed care plans and other valued community partners to create a seamless experience for both members and providers who many have had no prior knowledge of CalAIM or direct experience even working you know, with, with plans or with the, in the healthcare setting. And so we developed a series of training and resources for our providers in our communities, including pre-onboarding trainings, so where we offer trainings on CalAIM and community supports even before contracted providers were determined and the community supports were launched. We had operational trainings at the launch of CalAIM where we had ongoing trainings and technical support on things like how to submit claims, how to submit an authorization, how do you make a referral, right? Because those are things that unless you're part of the managed care world, you don't understand. And we also had many CalAIM roundtables, which are ways that we came together as a set of plans in each county to really figure out what each individual county's needs were and be able to share amongst ourselves best practices and get local lessons learned and then iterate. We also noted for our second key finding was a foundational need for operational support. And so by design, because CalAIM was new, we brought many community supports providers into our network who were new to managed care. And that meant that we had to develop infrastructure, capacity building, operational support as required by DHCS. And so we had comprehensive trainings and we also funded providers to ensure that they were ready to deliver care from day one of implementation. And so as a recommendation from that, we really recommend continuing to invest in workforce development, right? Because I think the secret of CalAIM is that actually not only are we providing better service to our members and to our communities, but we're also giving people new pathways within healthcare to for jobs, right? We're elevating these non-traditional healthcare workers, such as community health workers, to have a sustainable source of employment and also support our members. So we really recognize that need for continued workforce development and training and recruitment to, to support that sort of hidden health equity piece. And to support this, or as a best practice example, we re released a request for application in April 2022 um, that was related to the CalAIM incentive payment program. And this funding is intended to complement and expand the ECM and community supports in a lot of ways so that we can really promote health equity. 
And then I'll just, I'll say something very brief about data sharing. But the other thing that we noted was the essential role of timely and complete data sharing, because we know that having integrated and connected information systems that have the data on the social drivers of health allowed us to close the information loop between the community supports programs, the CBOs that were helping with this and, and us. And so this allowed us to continually tailor our networks of community-based organizations that we were working with to be able to support those social drivers in a way that's culturally congruent. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's extremely important to know that also the, the organization is keeping in mind how things have, things evolve and to always keep that cultural approach um, to prioritize it. Uh, now, as the state moves into the next phase of CalAIM's Im- implementation, can you share with our listeners what HealthNet is doing to prepare for this? Sure. So we're on track to implement uh, the next, well, we already launched the next phase because it launched in July of 2022. And so as we continue to implement through 2027, we're committed to continuing to work very closely with the state, our other Medicaid partners providers and community partners to make sure that CalAIM is successful. And, you know, again, CalAIM is really helping us to meet people where they are in life, support social drivers of health, and and kind of break down those silos within healthcare. And we are we look forward to continuing to offer Medi-Cal enrollees coordinated and equitable access to services that address whole person health, right? Physical, behavioral, developmental, dental and long-term healthcare needs through their lives from birth to the to a dignified end of life. But they, these are really complex challenges, right? Nevertheless, dep- despite all the planning by the state, HealthNet and our partners, coordinating the implementation of CalAIM is a massive and complex initiative. And there have been bumps in the proverbial road for MCPs and challenges undoubtedly lie ahead. But addressing those challenges really requires a proactive and collaborative approach. And that's that's because we can only move as quickly as our local resources allow and as trust allows, right? I think mm-hmm. speed only moves at, you know, things only move forward at the speed of trust. So as a health plan, we really cannot fix everything alone. We have to focus on what we control, which is finding the right partners locally with the right expertise, quality control, and bandwidth to drive better healthcare outcomes. And we are really committed at HealthNet to providing necessary resources to build the capacity that's required to serve our Medi-Cal members who need CalAIM services. And as we work through that process, the state has wisely built in a twice-yearly review to reassess what care may or may not be delivered. And then, as always, we're ready to pivot and iterate as we need to, to be able to make CalAIM a real success. Right. That agility is the only way that we can move forward. All right. So you mentioned a couple of, of different things. So I know the the Cal AIM roundtables, and you know I know that the Sacramento County, where my area, the roundtable for that is coming up in a few weeks at the end of October. So for any of our listeners, I would recommend if you want to learn more about uh, these Cal AIM roundtables, that you go to calaimroundtables.com. It's a perfect URL, and we'll put a link for that in the show notes. And uh, that should get you, you know, where you need to go to learn more about the CalAIM program and the work that HealthNet is doing. And I'd also like to call out your Bridging the Divide brief, uh, which is at bridgingthedivideca.com. Uh, for anybody who would like to 
read more and have this as a reference to share with your, your coworkers or your other partners. It'll cover a lot of the information that we talked about in our episode today. I'd just like to say thank you very much to Dr. Mithil and to HealthNet. Thank you so much for, for having the time to meet with us today. Yes, thank you so much. It's it's always good to learn this stuff and to share with people who, you know, I know a lot of our members are people who are working in rural health, but maybe not in this space exactly. And so this is always good information to, to give to people, especially, you know, in their commute, they got half an hour that they can sit and listen and learn. <laughs> it's my pleasure. And thank you for having me to talk about this really historical program and and, you know, and the potential impacts on our communities. We're, we're excited to see where it goes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Take care. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrj.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRJ Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.